Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, June 29th. Accept criticism impartially. Remember, what is, simply is, and what is not, cannot be spoken into existence. Truth, in all things, is the final final arbiter. This is a marvelous statement by Swami. Accept criticism impartially. It's either true or it isn't. And merely because someone says it to you doesn't mean that it's a truth. And if they have spoken the truth, even if you don't like it, you want to know it. Even if they are mean and nasty about the way they say it and rejoice in your ill fortune and want to have a hand over you in every possible negative way. If they, what they tell you is the truth, it just is the truth. And it won't help you just to react against it and try to suppress it and criticize their motive and say, well, you're another, who are you to talk? It's just, we have to actually just stand in our own reality and decide if this is a fact and this is an unattractive fact about myself, then I need to sincerely be able at least to acknowledge it. I might not be able to overcome it in the moment. Now, there's a piece here that's also very important. We don't owe other people um, an explanation nor do we necessarily owe them an apology. Sometimes people will criticize you with a very good heart and a very deep desire to help you get better. But some people will criticize you for the glee of being able to really put you down. And Master um, uh, Yogananda had a very important instruction. He said, "Um, don't tell your faults to everyone. He said, with God you must be completely open and have no secrets which is what he meant by that, was you have to be completely self-honest and unafraid. You can't be hiding your faults from yourself and from God, thinking that you, know, you won't be loved if you admit them or if you don't have the, the honesty within yourself to admit them. But not everybody can really be trusted with your humility and your openness. So even if somebody says something to you that is true, and you know it's true, if, if they're not a person who will use your um, humility in a noble way, but then will use it against you, don't give them that ammunition. Just say, thank you. What you say is worth thinking about. I'll consider it. Even if you already know it's true, that may be the best thing to say. What Master said is, Sometimes if you tell your faults to other people, in a moment of anger, they will use those, that information against you. It's been a very interesting thing. I had a very interesting experience. And this was, not, this was not about a personal fault, but it was about a limitation in my abilities, as I understood it. I was in charge of the, of the project of publishing Swami's autobiography in the summer of 1977. Um, and it was, a, it was a big project because it was before computers. And so the whole publishing process involved, you had to create, um, you had to create a paper version 
of your book, an exact paper version. You had to photograph it. You had to get a series of negatives. Then those negatives became the printing plates. And then the book was printed from that. I mean, it was a much more involved and cumbersome process. And we were further hampered because we didn't actually have all the machines that we needed to set the type. And so we had to travel. The, the, we could set the type through this um, ticker tape device that we had, which was sort of a very, very primitive early ver- version of what became computers. But to run that tape and to get the printed um, material, we had to drive to the city of San Francisco, which was three and a half hours away. And then we'd get the paper version, then we'd bring it back to the community. It was a huge project. And at that time in my life, I hadn't yet, I hadn't yet realized um, that I had a, a very strong visual aesthetic sense. I had just never been interested. I was always interested in words. I wasn't interested in visual art. And I just somehow thought that I was not very astute that way. And what happened in the course of, of printing the book was even though I couldn't, I had no idea how to create a design at that time. I've learned a little, but not much since. But I, I had no idea how to create a design, but I could tell when a design wasn't good enough or wasn't right, and I could tell what was wrong with the design. However, my self-image was that I don't have any sense of design. So repeatedly in the process of publishing this book, and I was quite young and inexperienced in leadership, I would say I don't have a good sense of design. And then gradually as we began to publish the book, I realized I had a very good sense of design and that a lot of the people who were in charge of the design were missing things that I was able to see. I'm just to finish the story to be fair. Part of it was because I was into words. And since it was a book that we were putting out and not a a, a backdrop for a a theater production, how the design communicated the meaning of the words was extremely important. And I realized I, I understood that very well. And so I kept trying to have input into the design because I could see that I had it. But a couple of people particularly who didn't want to be bothered with my point of view said, but you don't have any sense of design. And I realized, and when they first said that to me, I thought, why, why did they say that to me? And I realized, oh, because I said it to them. And that was when I remembered, don't tell your faults to any, everyone. Because in a moment of anger, it hadn't risen to anger, but it was convenient for them, one woman in particular, to dismiss me. It wasn't, to, it wasn't for the good of the project. She just didn't want to have to deal with me. And so, she, and so I had given her, I'd loaded her gun, and she shot me with it. And that wasn't a smart idea. And of course, it can be much worse than that. So be very, very careful about that. Um, it's just not... Is not necessary. Also, sometimes when we fall on our knees and feel we have to abject apology and put dust on our own head, <laughs> Swamiji said to me, when you just continually pour dust on your own head, all you're thinking about is dust and your own head, and you're not really helping anything or anyone. So when he says, you know, accept criticism impartially, that word impartially is also part of it. It's just like we just stand back. Everybody has faults. It's not a, it's not a great like revelation to the universe that suddenly you know I'm not doing something as well as I might do it. I think I've shared with you in the course of these broadcasts, but it was such a glorious moment in my own in my own leadership career. 
is when this man came to me and um, at the at that time in the in the history of our sangha of our of our spiritual community, I was the primary public speaker, which meant virtually every event, almost every event. Um, I was a major spokesperson. Sometimes other people would would be the the lead, but the vast majority of time it was me. So this man came, and he said, and he said it like this. A lot of people find you inspiring when you talk, but I don't. And I was so delighted. My spontaneous response was one of incredible compassion. I said, oh, you poor man. It must be terrible for you because I talk all the time. Because what could I say? He didn't find me inspiring. And there it was. I mean, either I, I am or I'm not. I don't know. It was my responsibility to talk. And so I had to talk. Fortunately, I also got a lot of, you know, compliments or at least gratitude for what I said. So I didn't feel like I needed to resign. But for him, I was a nightmare. And he was just un- uncumbered by it all the time. So there was no point in my saying, oh, well, a lot of people really like me. You know, like, what would be the point of that? He didn't. That was just what it was. There it was. It's not going to get better. You ought to find me inspiring because other people do. I mean, like, what the heck am I saying? It was just like, poor sap. What was he going to do? And the circumstances of his life required that he be in attendance a great deal of the time. <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> and there you have it. On another occasion, a man said to me, um, you know, you can help people up to a certain point, but after that, you really don't have much to give them. <laughs> and I said, thank God we have gurus. <laughs> You're absolutely right. If it's all dependent on me, we would just be toast. There would just be no hope. You know, he was just telling me the truth. And it was the truth. I can. I can help people up to a certain point, and thank God we have gurus after that. It just was the truth. And I've been told things that weren't true. But it's sort of like Swamiji said something interesting to us once, to me once. Um, He criticized us, several people who were in charge of something, um, on the basis of this long story, and this happened and that happened, and then then people had contacted him and said this about us. And when when he presented that to us, when Swamiji criticized you never defended yourself if you could possibly keep the impulse at bay because it, was, it behooved you to listen. So we just listened and accepted it. And a few days later, after the whole thing had passed, I just said rather casually, oh, sir, you know, all the facts of that story were wrong. Meaning, you know, there'd been this whole story which concluded with our having, having behaved badly. And I said, all the facts of that story were wrong. Swami's answer was amazing. He said, oh, yes, I know. <laughs> He said, but if people could even say that about you, you have a problem as a leader and you need to think about it. So it's not always exactly the facts that people say. It's that what might I have done to bring someone to make that accusation? Sometimes there's truth even when there's not fact, which is why you want to stop and you really want to think about it. So thank you for telling me. I'll think about that. Or um, Sri Yukteswar's suggestion was, well, perhaps you're right. You have to be careful about that one because sometimes people will just hear the words, you're right. People are very creative in their listening. But perhaps you're right. 
That's why I find it better to say, well, thank you for bringing that to my attention. You know, I've never really thought about it from that point of view. I really want to take some time to think about it. And then you may take some time to think about it and realize that whoever's criticizing you is just projecting upon you whatever it is that troubles them, and it really has nothing to do with you. Because a great deal of the time, now I'm talking from the position of a leader, the leader is usually the biggest target around. So whatever bothers people, they'll project it on you. But if it's just your friends, your spouse, your children, whoever it is, if it's true, I want to know it. And if it's not true, I need to consider why you think it's true. Like, what what kind of energy am I putting out? That's certainly because I have a very strong personality and I'm often in a leadership position. We joke about it. You know, the leader just wears a T-shirt with a big bullseye on the front and the back because anybody who has any kind of an authority issue or wants something from you that for some reason you can't deliver, a lot of different things happen that are really quite incidental to your presence. You're not actually the, 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 the guiding force. You just happen to be there. But sometimes you have to also think, and I've, I have had to think about this a lot, why would people be responding to me like this? Why would anybody believe those facts when those facts are really just transparently not the true facts? And it would be so easy to establish that those weren't the true facts. Why didn't anybody put out that energy? Oh, because there was a predisposition to criticize me, in this case, if that's the, one, if that's the body you're living in a predisposition to criticize me. What might I have done to create that predisposition? So they're wrong, but they still might be right. I remember once I was accused, the details are a little vague to me, but I was accused of something that wasn't really very savory. I was, in fact, completely innocent. But in vibration, I wasn't. That's the only way I can put it. I honestly felt that I'd gotten away with it in some previous lives and now everybody was convinced I was guilty because I hadn't been, I hadn't been found out in the past. <laughs> and the, the inclination was still in me. So even though factually I hadn't crossed the line, um, the, the possibility of my crossing the line was in my aura. So pe- people accused me of crossing a line that I hadn't crossed. I did a little bit to straighten out the facts of the situation, and then finally decided I would just accept it as true, because it was karmically true. And so, and now, the opposite is also there. It, sometimes people are just simply wrong. And the fact that they've said it, and the fact that they're convinced, as Swami put it, and he put it absolutely perfectly, truth is not created by speaking it. Confusion and chaos is created by speaking it sometimes. But truth is not. So just quietly, steadily, honestly, courageously, humbly, just say, what's the truth here? And then when we find it, that's, that's part of it, what is the truth? Then a second question is, what do I do with that truth? And then you just come to peace with the situation. Is this easy? No. But what in life that's worthwhile is easy. So this is why we're here is to have these experiences, to face into them, and then transcend our limitations through them. So, my friends, accept criticism impartially. Remember, what is simply is, and what is not cannot be spoken into existence. Truth in all things 
is the final arbiter. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.